Hey everybody, Adam Cook from Campus Inc. and the NIL Show. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We are joined today by Jackson Curtis, sports agent from VMG Sports Representatives. It's a great conversation around agents in the NIL space, getting connected to brands, best practices for athletes and athletic departments. Uh, fascinating perspective, grateful for Jackson's time, and we hope you enjoy the episode. everybody what is going on welcome to another episode of the nil show i am adam cook from campus inc here with sean ellenby and stephen farrig we are joined by jackson curtis today uh, jackson curtis works for vmg vmg sports representation uh big sports fan he is a graduate of utah state red sox fan patriots fan celtics fan so uh a large tough day, journey tough day yesterday huh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. a little tough 100 percent. but uh we're, we're excited to, to have you here and and, uh, and just learn a little bit about your perspective in the NIL space. You represent, obviously, you know, a number of NFL players, um, which which Stephen was just referring to some of the pain uh, yesterday and obviously diving into the NIL space. So before we kick it off, we have a, a question we ask everybody, Jackson, in the NIL space, the slam dunk restaurant NIL deal for Jackson Curtis. What's it going to be? What's your dream NIL restaurant deal today? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be on the podcast with you guys. Um, I would say slam dunk. So I grew up in uh, Boston, but I also lived in Texas for some of my life. And I would say Torchy's Tacos, if you've ever been there. So that's Ooh. what I would say would be the best food deal. Uh, just because you know, great Torchy's tacos. I like it. Yeah. So what's the so. what's the um, what's 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 the order at Torchy's? What's you know what's the post? What's the commercial? What are you eating? I mean, I, I'd probably just go with the chicken tacos. Those are super good. They have great queso. Something like that would be awesome. So nice. I've never had Torchy's before. I've heard great things. Uh, have not spent much time in Texas myself, but I've heard about Torchy's before. Uh, so it sounds like a great pick. I like it, Jackson. I like it. Yeah. No, it's a great place. Steven, you had it? I've not had Torchies before. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to put it on the list. Team trip um, to Torchies. I, I, like, I like the hometown. I like the, you know, not national brand. Okay. Yes. It says a lot about, <laughs> about it. Uh, grassroots, very grassroots. Uh, <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll judge it. But you could, you, could make a, uh, you could make a LinkedIn post on it, Jackson. There you go. Jackson, you're I really could. active on LinkedIn. Um, and it's good stuff. You've got like over 10,000 followers. You're constantly putting out just like fire, like knowledge bombs. Have, has that always been your strategy? Like, you know, I, I follow you quite a bit. Um, tell me, tell me about that. No, it kind of happened by accident. I typically only use LinkedIn for, you know, Hey, to connect with someone or, you know, let's take a look at LinkedIn every once in a while. I didn't really think of it much of a as a bigger social media platform now, as we've kind of seen, it's become a lot larger. A lot more creators are getting on it. Um, a lot more athletes are getting involved on LinkedIn. A lot more CEOs are posting on it. I mean, but for me, I, I started writing about it. It was actually, I'm not even a huge golf fan, but it happened to be from a golf event from the Masters. Um, and Scotty Scheffler won uh, the Masters. And I thought his story was super interesting. So I just researched a little bit about it. Um, I saw that he had a conversation with his wife, how he was super nervous, but he ended up, you know, coming out on top and winning. Mm-hmm. I dug in some more research and kind of gave my take on it. And the post kind of took off. Um, so the post went viral and I'm like, wow, this, a lot of good things have come for me just writing this, 
post about an athlete, I'm going to keep doing it. Not only because it helps the network, but it helps that I, what I do currently. And it just kind of took off from there. So ever since that post, which I think got, I want to say it got 6 million hits, which was like crazy to Whoa. me. Yeah. So <laughs> I posted it and I almost deleted I, it. And then it got like a million hits in like a day. And I'm like, okay, this, <laughs> this is something, there's something up with this. Um, so you were, that, there, close. You were that close to deleting it. <laughs> yeah. I almost huh. did. I thought it was kind of dumb because I never really posted anything. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so from there, I just kind of wrote more stories and I thought stories really connected people together. Um, people told me they really loved it. And so I just kept doing it. And then, slowly started writing more about nil and what i do but yeah that's kind of how it started but i never once thought of myself as someone who would write on linkedin but it's a good platform to learn from as well and and when you write you're a little edgy i mean you're controversial um you're not hiding behind anything you might not be calling people out but uh you know calling out fans on the nil transfer portal or transfer portal (laughs) alumni getting bothered uh (laughs) but then you you tie it all back to kind of a bigger picture, a bigger story. And so if you don't follow Jackson on LinkedIn, maybe you'll get a few more followers from this podcast for like our two <laughs> listeners or whatever. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just not, kidding. I'm not going to hit that 6 million mark yet. <laughs> uh, someday. Um, no, but, 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 but super cool. Uh, like you got in the, on the NFL side first. Have you always been in, in the agency world? Tell me about that a little bit. No. So I, I came from a kind of a non-traditional background. I feel like most people, when they want to work in sports, they want to work for a team first. And then from the team, they kind of work for an agency or they just straight up internet an agency right out of college. Um, so I kind of took a different approach. So I did sales. I come from a background of sales, um, actually door-to-door sales, which is something kind of unheard of, but I did that for about five years, managed sales teams. And then from there, transition into sports because I had a connection with someone that started his own agency. Um, and it was at Encore Sports. Now I'm at VMG, but that's kind of how it all came together from there. What kind of sales were you doing door-to-door? Door-to-door. I was actually selling pest control door-to-door. Okay. Huh. Steve, yeah. Steven has a little background in that door-to-door. Yeah, life. I did a ton of door-to-door sales <laughs> for a painting company for five years as well. Um, mad respect if you've gone door-to-door and you lasted. What yeah. is that? This is interesting. We'll, we'll go down this rut for a sec because I love it. <laughs> what What did that teach you? Like, what? Wh- first of all, it's like the worst job in the world, right? But it's freaking awesome, it's and, a, and yeah. there's a lot of adrenaline around it, right? Uh, wh- what did you learn from going door to door? I learned a lot of things, right? Like, I was not a very, I don't know, I didn't really talk a lot, you know. Grow, I wasn't very outspoken. I wasn't very kind of an introvert, so to speak. Um, so it kind of taught me to come out of my shell, how to connect with others really quickly. Um, you know, you have about, you know, five to seven seconds to make an impression with someone on the door before it's either closing your face or they're yelling at you or, you know, they're just like, ah, oh, we're good. Right. So I think, uh, taught you really well how to sell yourself, how to really just come across professional. Um, a lot of the same things I do now when I'm talking with brands or with athletes, it's a lot of things I learned from that. Um, and also taught me how to manage people. Um, but yeah, I mean, door to door, you learn a lot of good life skills, but in the end, it taught me how to just get to know people and, you know, be uncomfortable. (laughs) There's nothing comfortable about, you know, going door to door, especially when there's like a dog chasing after you or the neighbors coming over to talk to you or, (laughs) you know, whatever the case may be, I've dealt with so many different things. And then doing now and what I do now, and when I hear other people talk about their careers, I'm like, Oh, you have no idea. 
I mean, this is just door to door a different game when it comes to things. So, uh, we had uh, Mark on our Cuban on uh, a call with all of our students, um, and he's hopped on from time to time. And he did a bunch of just like just chatting with them for thirty minutes. It was insane. Uh, but he talked about going door to door, and I think he was selling garbage bags or something like that. Yeah, uh, selling baseball cards and. He said, you only need to be right once, right? You only need to win once. No one remembers all the failures or, or all the all the no's or whatever that may be. And uh, I I give a lot of credit to those that have done it um, because I think I think you learn resilience there, right? Um, and, and you're persistent, right? Tastefully persistent. Uh, what are you going to say, Sean? No, I'm just, I, I, I was just going to, I, I was going to say, I'm so interested. You said you have five to seven seconds before they shut the door in your face. And to me, that just relates exactly to marketing with our athletes. Like we always say, when we're talking about videos, you have three seconds uh, to capture somebody's interest in a video before they move on. And so there's some similar parallels there that I just found fascinating. Yeah. So Jackson, you, obviously, you know, incredible kind of journey getting to, to where you're at. NFL representation, you know, on the marketing side, you're the first guest that we've had that that's kind of been on this representation side for student athletes in the NIL space. So I, I'd love just to hear like, man, what, what's the last year been like? I know it's been a, a wild ride from our side. It's been a wild ride from the school side, but from, from that representation and agency side, you know, walk, walk me through a little bit of the, the, the last year's perspective. No, it's been absolutely crazy. Um, it's it's been really cool to see, you know, all these brands get involved and start working with athletes. Um, athletes being like, "Wow, now I can, you know, make money off of you know selling merch." Kind of like, "Yeah, you guys help," or you know, with camps or you know, working with brands through social media. I mean, there's so many different avenues. And so I would say it's been really cool to see some of these student athletes kind of grow up and so they just get right into the business world. Like that's been super fun to see. Um, I'd also say it's been fun to see brands, you know, get involved with athletes that kind of were interested before, but now that they see the impact that these players can have on them endorsing their brand, it's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. More schools are now building out NIL departments, right. Where they have people that go over their compliance. They have people help student athletes, you know, do better networking and stuff like that. So I think, um, it's just absolutely exploding. I think we're just scratching the surface. I think there's going to be a lot more uh, that comes with NIL. And I think it's just going to be fun from here on out. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, Jackson, what are the biggest differences from, from representing professional athletes to now representing students? What have you, I have some opinions and I'll share them, but I, I'd love <laughs> to hear from yours first. Um, you candidly, have opinions, Steven? No way. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I would love to hear from your perspective, what are the real differences that you've learned firsthand or the biggest difference between a college athlete and a professional athlete? Um, yeah. I mean, this might sound a little crazy, but I don't really feel like there's a ton of differences. And the reason why I say that is because professional, they don't have to go through that many different levels. And what I mean by that is like, let's say a student athlete has a deal they want to do with like a local restaurant. They got to get it approved by the school they have to sign, you know, the brand has to sign, they got to get it approved. And then it kind of rolls out professional athletes a little bit quicker, right? They don't really have to go through a school to get anything approved. Um, obviously you want to make sure the deal's authentic with them. They enjoy it. Um, but professional athletes just have a, you know, they have bigger reach. And so when it comes to professional athletes, I would say bigger brands are more involved with them. 
Um, but kind of like we've seen with these other players that are on top programs in college, some of those players are getting those top brands as well. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say there's, there's a lot of similarities, but professionals have better reach. Um, yeah. Brands are more likely to notice them, recognize them, but that's what I would say. Okay. I'm Adam. What are you going to say? I, I, I think I, this is an interesting combo. Yeah. I had a, I had a, a, maybe an interesting question, maybe a hard hitter. So, you know, I'll maybe the sentiment around representation of collegiate athletes is different than it is for professional athletes, right? Like functionally, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. Like agreed, right? It's the same, same kind of idea. And we deal with this too. Just people have different yeah. feelings about collegiate athletes earning money, collegiate athletes having representation relationship with, you know, athletics departments. What, you know, what, what are your challenges? How, how do you, how do you have that conversation with parents or, you know, when you see stuff in the media and the news, that's like, ah, oh, these agents, blah. like what, what, how, what do you feel about that? How do you approach that? I think it just depends on kind of how you're trying to approach it. I mean, you see all these news articles and all these things about, you know, these athletes getting taken advantage of, or, you know, kind of using the athletes to make them look better from, to the public eye. Right. You see all those information, Uh, But I would just say it's just, you know, if you come at it from an approach of like, I want to help you, look, I'm not trying to take advantage of you. And really just, you know, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of these bigger agencies that maybe twisting that, even some of the smaller agencies. But I would just say, come at it from a good angle. Um, You know, you want to be their friend. You don't want to, you know, just come across as just their marketing guy or just the guy that kind of handles their endorsements. Um, So really develop that good relationship with them. Um, And just, yeah, make sure you're not just, letting them get into whatever agreement comes their way. Cause I've seen a lot of players and a lot of players have come to me and parents kind of like you mentioned, they're just like, Hey, like, is this a good deal? And I'm like, no, that's not a very mm-hmm. good deal. And I don't, I don't have a ton of law experience. Like I didn't go to law school, but I don't need that to like see that it's not mm-hmm. a good deal. So I think um, <laughs> right. it just comes down to like not accepting every deal that comes your way, but it's also, you know, being cognizant of what you want and, you know, not accepting the first offer on the table as well. Jackson, the amount of effort that you have to put into a college deal with a local taco shop, right, versus a professional athlete with a Taco Bell, right? Like you still have to meet with both brands. You still have to talk to the both the families. There's just a lot less money, say it for what it is, in college sports. Is that true? Like there's just not a lot of skin in the game for the representation? Tell, like is that true or is that false? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm, I mean, mo- maybe most I'm local brands wrong. don't have a huge budget, right? I mean, at the same time, right, these bigger athletes can come in and I've seen, you know, these brands come together with a good amount of money for the player. But yeah, these, these local companies don't have a huge budget. And if they do, they're a little bit unsure because they've never done this before. You know, a lot of time you work with mm-hmm. a brand, they're like, well, I've never really worked with an athlete. I'm like, well, let's walk you through it and everything. So I think it just depends on so what have the players. You, have you had a deal? Have you had deals in NIL bigger than NFL deals? I haven't. No, not personally, but I mean, I can almost guarantee you a lot of these top Alabama players and Georgia players that are getting bigger deals yeah. than some of these NFL players, just because it's the nature of sure. the program. Sure. Page backers with Gatorade. Yeah. 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 I would say overall, and, and, overall college is smaller, but yeah. It's just kind of how it is. And, and, and here's the thing, right? If you're a TikTok star and you're 11 years old, 
you're going to get bigger <laughs> deals than a second string wide receiver, you know, on the Colts. Let's just, let's just put it out there, right? Like influence is going to matter. And obviously Bryce Young's going to be fine. Page is going to be fine, right? They're all going to get those big time deals. I think what's really interesting is like those 98% of athletes. What about them? You know, how does representation work for them? I, maybe specifically for you, like, do you have to say no to athletes that want representation? Cause it's just not worth it for you. Yes. No, I, all the time. I, I would say when it comes down to it, um, I like to be a resource, right? Like I'm not, I mean, some people might consider me like an expert, but I'm still learning. Like NIL is still so brand new. And I definitely think with the totally. more things that come out, it's going to be a different game in the next four to five years. And now that we're seeing all these other brands get involved, but I would just say, come at it from a point of, Hey, I can be a resource. Um, it may not be the best fit right now for us to represent you on the NIL side, but um, I definitely think there's other ways that these smaller athletes can make money kind of like merchandise, but there's also other things that they can do or, yeah, they may not even be big enough for a, a brand deal in their you know local area, but you know, they can still, you know, run camps or however the case may be, or even make money off. Like, let's say they're a really good student. They can make money off tutoring. They couldn't do that before, or they can do a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. right? They couldn't do that before either. Right. So, I think uh, NIL is only looked upon as just like brand deals. And that's, that's a big part of it. But there's a lot of other ways where those athletes that don't have a lot of influence can still make money. Gotcha. So like what, when, when an athlete, you get approached by an athlete, are you looking for a certain dollar amount to engage with them? Like if I can't close a hundred K a year with them, it's not going to be worth my time. How, how do you, cause you know, you, you work for a for-profit company you got food to put on the table and stuff too. Is it a dollar amount? What What is it for you? Um, Cause I think this is the first time we've ever talked about this, Adam and Sean. So I'm like, I'm genuinely really curious. Yeah. I mean, again, to kind of going back to the question at the beginning is like, it's it, the athletes are different or the athletes are similar. Right. But like the, the ecosystem is totally different. So, right. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. No, I would say, say, I don't like to say, Hey, I mean, in my mind, they have to have a certain adult amount for it to make sense. I mean, obviously, we're not going to send the player if it doesn't make sense. But I would just say they got to be a big part of their team. You know, let's uh, we only represent football clients at BMG, so NFL and college football. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they're not a, a mm -hmm. huge part of the team, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But with that being said, there are some players that aren't, you know, starters that have great influence on social media that can still make great money mm -hmm. with NIL. So, I mean, there are some exceptions. So I can't just say, hey, if you're not a starter, it doesn't make sense because there's definitely players that do make <laughs> sense. Um, but I would just say, yeah, big part of the team. I would just say, you know, takes NIL seriously. There's a lot of players that kind of just are kind of hands off and that's okay. But then there's some players mm -hmm. that kind of expect you to do everything, but there's still a little bit of effort that needs to be involved. Um, I would just say hard workers, an athlete that, you know, has some potential for, you know, professional. That's always great as well because, you know, when they are in the NFL, they are going to a bigger fan base. Um, so I would just say there's a lot of different factors, but those are some of the main ones. Jackson, what are the, what are the most successful athletes doing? So out of those cream of the crop athletes, the top athletes on each team, what are the most successful athletes doing, uh, to make themselves the most attractive to possible sponsorships or whatever it might be? I would say some of the top athletes that are doing great when it comes to NIL are just are always creating or very active on social media. You know, the athletes that are forgetting to post after six months aren't really going to reel in a lot of sponsorships because the first thing the brand's going to tell me is, hey, why isn't he posted? 
you know? Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, pretty active on social media. I would, they don't need to do it every day, but fairly active on the platform. And then I would say also like really good in their sport. Like that obviously helps. Um, they're more well known to other, um, to other people in that space. When you talk about athletes posting, it's so funny. I always see athletes that I never really see often. Uh, they're, they'll pop up on my feed after a big win. Um, so they might post an amazing win, um, Terp Nation, whatever it might be. I relate everything to Maryland. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you guys had a big win might, this they, last weekend. But we did have a big win. Thank you. Uh, Very big win. But they'll, they'll relate things back to the win. Um, and if I could say something to athletes, it would just be, capitalize on those emotional moments. So tweet after a big one, thank your fans um, because the fans are emotional at that time and they want to support you and they want to have your back uh, and your engagement numbers will, will skyrocket. Mm -hmm. um, so I always think that's a really uh, effective way for athletes um, to help kind of get their wheels spinning. What's, what's your like, I mean, again, you guys represent Football athletes, I, I was looking at your client list. You know, you got LSU, Pitt. What, what's your relationship with the institutions like, right? Because it's, you know, again, when you're when you're at the professional level, you know, you are their advocate, their, you know, the, the person that's in the seat for them, probably in conversations with the franchise, you know, every day, multiple times a week, uh, because that franchise exists for the success of this, you know, small group of athletes or large group of athletes, football players, but athletics departments at the collegiate level are very different, right? Like they have a lot of competing priorities, a lot of competing sports, uh, a lot of federal legislation and, you know, compliance issues to deal with. They're not just looking at like, Hey, we need to keep our, our franchise tag athletes happy. Right. So what, what's the relationship with the institutions like for you guys? Yeah, no, VMG as a whole, we, we have a good relationships with, with a lot of the, you know, universities that we work with. I mean, that's all part of it, right? I mean, when you have to get that, get a deal approved or, you know, work with the player, you have to get that through compliance. And it's funny, a lot of universities are, are different in how they do things, but that's what uh, mm -hmm. makes NIL kind of fun. But also it's just like not a ton of uniformity because every, you know, college and university kind of has their way of handling um, different processes and with new technology coming out, like some people, you know, have open doors, some people have, you know, all of these other ones like influencer and then they use. So I think it's uh, just kind of dependent, but in a sense, these universities, they have, um, some, you know, the governing power with these compliance and with the NIL deals. So. How, how do you feel schools, like what's their general stigma to agents or marketing agents? Do you feel like they're all about it? Do you feel like they're resentful? Do you feel like they're accepting of it? Because they do have these platforms, right? But then there's also some sort of need for representation and the whole collectives thing. Like what's the taste that you get when you're talking to a lot of them? Yeah, no, I, I never felt like it was a, they don't like agents. They don't like marketing groups or, you know, sports agencies. Didn't, I didn't, I haven't really felt like that whenever I'm talking with them, but I would say for the most part, been very helpful. They, they want to, you know, make sure their athletes are taken care of, you know, in a way. So mm -hmm. if you can, you know, keep their athletes happy and help them on that side, it, I mean, it's a great relationship. I, I've never felt like it's in that way, but I mean, some brands, they don't, they're not huge fans of, of agents, but that's just the nature of the game. So, <laughs> uh, 
I'll give you guys a little insight. I coming from a college athletic department. Uh, typically athletic departments like to have control of things. Um, <laughs> and if an agent is coming in, that's a little bit less control that they have over their player. Um, sometimes good things, sometimes bad thing, whatever it might be. But as it pertains to NIL, generally most schools don't have much control on NIL. It's just so rapidly evolving. They don't have the systems in place to really help their athletes. Um, and so hopefully they're looking at agents as, oh no, they're, they're there to help our mm-hmm. athletes uh, succeed um, financially, help them get to the next level. Um, you hope at least that that's the attitude, the attitude that they have. Jackson, are most NIL deals so so? And the reason I say this is we have an interesting. We have like a, you know, we work with a lot of agencies around the country and 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 some of the biggest biggest in sports. Um, and a lot of it is is our approach is fundamentally different than a lot of other companies in the way that we make our athletes money. That's a rev share. You know, it's on per unit sold. Um, they've got to do a little bit of work to actually make their money. And I think we had an agency tell Adam, I've never seen something like this. You're crazy if you think this is going to work. And well, it's working. It worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, have you seen a lot of deals be like rev share, like where, you know, in, in our case, an athlete's going to make eight to 10 bucks a t-shirt all the way up to $15 per Jersey. Have you seen other deals even in the NFL crafted the same way? Yeah, no, RevShare is a it's a common way to to do a partnership. I mean, there's there's definitely ways where an athlete can through memorabilia or through, you know, merchandise or whatever the case may be. That's that's a way for the athletes to, you know, make some extra money. So, I've definitely seen it been an effective part when it comes down to things, but you know, I know how some brands are want to work and they want to set limits, but I definitely think there's a there's great ways to benefit off of the rev share. How, how open <clears throat> I'm first of all, let me say very grateful for you saying that I'm gonna have to call this guy back and see, say, see, there are deals that are done this way at the pro <laughs> level. Um, but how, how open, how, I don't know. This stuff is so new, right? Like every, like you said, everybody's figuring it out. Part of that makes it really exciting. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I know that every agency is a little bit different, but how open are you guys to seeing, I don't know, deals structured in a different way, kind of coming up with some of those creative solutions? Because at the end of the day, agency and representation is based on, you know, standards of practice and, and you know, how things go legally and precedents that are set, but there is no precedent for NIL, right? So do you find in the industry people are really excited or, or like trying to kind of shoehorn stuff into the college space? How, how does, what's the approach? Like what's the mentality there? I think it just kind of comes down to, you know, protecting the athlete's time as well as, you know, helping mm-hmm. them off the field just because there's so many things that they could do. Right. But you also got to make sure they're doing really well on the field. Cause if they do want to play at a professional level, you don't want um, NIL to be a distraction. So I would say there's definitely ways to get creative when it comes to different partnerships and how you want to compensate athletes. I think coming up with a fair compensation model is kind of dependent on what the agency and the brand kind of come up with together. Um, but mm-hmm. I would just say, like I said, it comes down to, you know, having the best interests in mind for these players you know, not locking them into something super long-term it has to make sense. Um, and like I said, you can get creative with it. It just has to make sense for both sides. 
Jackson, you're a Utah State guy. We have Stephen Ashworth uh, signed with us, aka Splashworth. Mr. I don't know if you've talked to him much, but he's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's going to end up doing, but he's he's a stud. Uh, we always, we we always joke with him. We're going to end up working for him someday. He's just really smart. He's got <laughs> it together. Um, and then uh, and then your star basketball player last year was Justin Bean. I think yep. he had a deal with like a local taco taco shop. Uh, he was selling bean burritos. There's just something. If you have a good name, it really helps in the NIL space. Give me 100%. give me a good Jackson. Give me a good good deal that you've seen. It could be one of your guys or just in general. What what's your favorite deal you've seen? Oh, there's been a lot, and it's fine. I know both Ashworth and Bean, um, so they're great guys. Um, happy yeah. for Bean that he's now playing on a professional level, so it's cool to see a lot of these Utah State guys, you know, did good after college. Um, but I would say when it comes down to favorite, I mean, there's there's a lot of them. I, one of my favorite, I mean, it's a lot of people's favorites, but it's the DeColvis deal with the SOS heating and cooling. Of course. University of Illinois. I mean, that's yeah. just... You, it's it was almost like he, it was like almost that. like he was born. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was like he was born to sell air conditioning. <laughs> give me, incredible. give me some context on that. I don't, I don't know. Sean, tell me about this. What is it? What happened? I, I don't know. What's his last name? Do you know Jackson? Is it Decoldest Crawford? Decoldest. It doesn't even matter what his last Crawford. name is. His first it's, name yeah. is yes. Decoldest. <laughs> it's Decoldest Crawford. And yeah. he was, he actually went viral when he was in high school or junior high because of his name. He was, you know, he's a baller. He's a football player was, you know, everybody was really excited. And then all of a sudden he turned out to be actually super good. And so now he's in college NIL comes about and a local air conditioning HVAC uh, company comes to him and says, awesome. Hey, let's, let's sign a deal. I love it. National yeah. news. I and think uh, about that, I saw oh. a, Go ahead, Jackson. No, go ahead. Go gonna, ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the crazy thing about that is um, he's not. He's injured. He's not even playing. And so a lot of people think mm-hmm. he's like you know catching a hundred, you know, hundred receiving yards per game right now. But that's the beauty of NIL that you can still be a great athlete, and not be playing, and benefit from an you know a deal like that. Awesome. There, there was uh, this like bedding company for like really soft mattresses, I think, and they went to all the bench warmers. And they did an NIL deal with all of them, and they were all the most well rested. And that was that was part of the deal. It was freaking hilarious. So smart. That's a good uh, one. I I, I kind of think like so. I asked. I, I posed the question up front: is like, is NIL different in, in professional sports? And um, while I think there's a lot of similarities, I think the biggest difference that I see is that in professional sports. Athletes are paid to play, meaning they have a professional contract. They're collectively bargained for. Um, that you know, this is their their career. And in college sports, they're amateurs. Uh, they're not paid to play, and so their NIL deals are maybe the only source of income that they have. And a lot of this is what Adam taught me um, early on that that we've been preaching. I guess from after I say that. You know, how much more rewarding or different is it to give an, a college athlete an NIL deal versus a professional athlete a deal? Like, what's that excitement level for them? Are they, is there like different, you know, like talk to me about the emotional level that they deal with? Yeah, I would definitely say Does for college. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say for college, they, they're a little more excited. I mean, they're not, they don't have a lot of money coming in, right? Unless they're a super, top athlete one of those top programs where they're you know getting a ton of money it, a lot of times when 
they get an NIL deal, you're right. That's like some of the only money they see unless they have a part-time job or, but for the most part, they're just kind of focused on their sport. So the excitement level is much higher. Um, it can definitely change lives when it comes to student athletes. You, I mean, I think I, what was I reading the other day? There was a university of Ohio state university lacrosse player that, you know, is making great money through his YouTube channel, you know? So it just, it just mm-hmm. cool. Like you don't need to be even in, fo- I mean, obviously I'm biased when I represent football clients, but you can still make great money on the NIL side if you're not playing one of the top sports. But, you know, also I would say too, on the professional level, like um, when I was at Encore Sports, it was just college. Um, now with BMG, we help some, I help some NFL, but I haven't really seen a ton quite yet. But from what I understand, a lot of NFL players, I mean, a lot of times they get cut, they're free agents. Like it's not always, you know, <laughs> super easy for them to get brand partnerships so i can definitely see how on the nfl side i mean unless you're on the starting rock unless you're like a tom brady or one of these top guys i mean you're you don't always get all these brand sponsorship deals so interesting competition is thick it is yeah you can is there any reason why the next day yeah. yeah, is there is there any reason why you guys are only in football? Like I look at basketball and there's, you know, 15 guys on a roster and probably get more TV time versus football, you've got a massive roster. Is there any reason why you guys are just in football? Uh, I think it's a lot of our um experience comes from it. Like VMG has been around for a while, so I I would just say a lot of the people that kind of are at the helm of VMG have just kind of stayed in football. I mean, I don't know if that's going to expand into other sports, but for right now we kind of like to position ourselves as um, just football, just given the experience and stuff that we have involved in it. So w- one of the things that we always try to do here on the show and in these conversations is, you know, we, we really appreciate just the, the perspective and the learnings, but we try to give, you know, some learnings to our listeners as well. And that's, you know, athletics departments. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, we've talked about the student athletes and kind of best practices. How about like, like businesses, you know, what in your experiences, what what's the relationship like with with other businesses how how is it you know there's there's competing priorities again you guys are 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 wanting the best for the athlete pushing the envelope to get them you know the best and other people have certain budget constraints and constrictions and expectations what what's what's kind of the best practices of working with an agency if if you're a small or a local business who wants to dive into the NIL space and activations and sponsorships I would just say kind of finding out what their goals are going to be when they work with an athlete. You know, I talked to some brands I'm like, I don't, I have really no idea. I've never done this before. And that that's okay. Let's just come together with a solution that can, you know, benefit you and, and also help the player because, you know, working as an agent at an agency, you don't want to undervalue the player, you know, and there's definitely times when, you know, a brand might come back for like a local brand might come and say, Hey, I mean, this is what we have for a budget. Then you have to go back and be like, well, could we do something like this? So I think it just comes down to, you know, finding out what they value, what they want to get out of it, you know, and sometimes it's not a good fit mm-hmm. and that's okay. I don't say yes to every single brand deal. And there's some times where I have to turn down, but that's okay because I would much rather have, you know, four or five great deals for some of the athletes than 30 okay deals for some of these players. And, you know, you definitely see all the right. players are like, I just want more and more. I'm like, well, you don't want to stretch yourself too thin because, you know, let's say a brand does come to you and you're already with a similar like company. You don't have any competing interests. Um, so I would just say be cognizant of that and, you know, come together with a good solution. But I mean, social media is a big thing from what I've seen with local brands. I mean, 
who wouldn't, what local brand wouldn't want, you know, an athlete that's kind of well-known in that area to sponsor them through social media. It's a great, it's a great starting point. Jackson, Utah state, where's that located? Logan, right? Yes. If I'm a college athlete, do I have better NIL opportunities in Los Angeles or Logan, Utah? Mm. I mean, what, 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 uh, what college is the student athlete going to in Los Angeles? Well, well, the reason I'm asking it, Logan, Utah, maybe there's not as many businesses as there might be in LA, but there's, there's also not as much competition. Uh, if a player was in LA, maybe there, he's going up against a bunch of pro teams, a bunch of other college teams, Utah state, you're the only show in town. Maybe you have a better opportunity. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point. There's a ton of colleges, ton of brands in LA. I mean, I would just say, I don't know. I, I personally think I'm biased though. Like I went to Utah state. I still live in Logan. Um, I would <laughs> say ahead. Utah state. I would say Utah state, but I mean, that's what we've seen. I mean, when I uh, worked at Encore, that's the deal came out of Logan for Justin Bean. It was taco time in Logan. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, he lived in a different area. If that would have worked is what I'm trying to say. So I mean, I, I think uh, when it comes down to it, you know, if you are a big time player in that, you know, a smaller kind of city, I can definitely see some bigger benefits there, but there's also a ton of brands in Los Angeles, so I can see both sides. What's, uh, what's next for you guys? Like what's, you know, I always like Adam actually says this. I, I, I should just say that anything I says, Adam probably taught me about <laughs> NIL. Uh, last year was year zero. This is year one. <laughs> what's, 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 uh, what's next for you all? What's this year look like? Well, I mean, football season's in full swing. So just continue to, help a lot of our players maximize their, you know, earnings off the field when it comes to these marketing deals. I mean, VMG, we're a group of marketers, lawyers, and guys that are certified. And so I, I handle a lot of the, the marketing endorsements, but there's also a team around us and we kind of go by the home team. That's kind of our mantra. So we do a good job working together. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just say continuing to build off of that. Um, I would say right now, just, just because college football is so fresh, focusing on that, but, also, too, you got to look ahead to, you know, next year and the NFL draft coming up. So it's exciting stuff, especially the fall, fall, springtime. Summer's kind of, it, you know, not as hectic, but right now is a great time. It, it never stops. I, I love how you say not as hectic. It's not calm. It's just not <laughs> as hectic. Right. But exactly. uh, no, I, I, I love it. Jackson Curtis, LinkedIn poster extraordinaire, uh, or representative of VMG Sports. I really appreciate the time, uh, the perspective, the conversation. Um, as always, wonderful to chat with you. Really grateful for the conversation. Uh, this has been another episode of the NIL Show. I am Adam Cook, signing off here for Sean Ellenby and Stephen Farrick. We will see you guys next time. Hey everyone, Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Just wanted to say thanks again for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any teamwear, custom merchandise, rec or youth league jerseys, uh, fraternity and sorority wear, or company merchandise, we're always here for you. You can find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store.